Welcome to Solving for X. This is Elliot Holland. Today we are solving for human CO2 emissions in the home. Livestock methane issues, and the big one, deforestation. These are some big topics, but by the end of this episode, we'll have solved for every economic sector from the EPA's website. Are you excited? I hope so. To solve this last problem, the agriculture sector, it will require the most change in our daily lives. These are sensitive subjects, so I'm giving you a warning at the beginning. This might be difficult to listen to. I also feel like I need to clarify something. I am not a scientist. I'm a video production person. I write scripts, I block actors, I set up lights, and I decorate scenes. I'm not a scientist. So the type of analysis I'm going to be able to provide is not the typical information. In the film and advertising industry, the goal is to simplify reality down to its core elements. That's exactly what I'm trying to do with climate change. Like in a movie, we see characterizations of real people. For example, the way the television show Modern Family portrays the conflicts of sexuality, interracial marriage, divorce, and adolescence within a family dynamic. It's a characterization or simplification of reality. I'm creating characterizations of climate solutions so we all understand the complicated issues. The information is conceptually based in reality and can be generally referenced on the internet. I'm simplifying the information to give people a wider perspective on the issue. If you feel like I should be giving a different presentation, please send me an email, or tweet at me, or DM me, or write a review. Whatever you can do to let me know what you think, I'd be grateful. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's begin. Today we are talking about agriculture, forestry, and the other land use from the EPA's chart of global greenhouse gas emissions broken down by economic sector. As we've referenced in the past episodes, this accounts for 24% of human-created greenhouse gases. But before we tackle that enormous discussion, first let's round the bases on this pie chart and knock out the final section. The last section of the economy on this pie chart is titled Buildings, and it accounts for 6% of greenhouse gases. Buildings is designated as energy generation, i.e. burning fossil fuels for heat and cooking in the home. This section is extremely personal, because who wants to change the way they cook or heat their homes? Impoverished peoples tend to get creative with heating and cooking and even electricity. People who live far away from the electric grid and don't have industrial infrastructure tend to burn and emit lots of greenhouse gases. This is just the name of the game. This section really only has one solution to it. Modernization. Essentially raising the economic baseline for all countries. That's how we resolve this building section by raising the living standards and improved industrial infrastructure of third-world countries and impoverished places. When powering all homes with clean electricity, this issue will be eradicated. You may not like the idea of modernization, 
especially when we're trying to get back to the green revolution and green living. But the truth is, raising the standards of living for all people is a moral imperative. Impoverished people and third world countries shouldn't be asked to stop their carbon footprint. Simply, survival must be priority number one for people in this situation. Survival and progress. It's obviously a bigger discussion, but it's clear this is the answer to the building sector. Now that that's out of the way, we can focus on the only remaining sector of greenhouse gas emissions. Agriculture, forestry, and other land use accounts for 24% of greenhouse gas emissions. This sector is comprised of farming crops, livestock, and deforestation. Let's start with farming crops. Industrial farming is an amazing invention of our global society. Farming in mass has led to reducing hunger and starvation. We've synthesized food production to the point of ridiculous abundance. We'd all agree the best way to live is with plenty of food. And in our modern society, we have an endless amount of food choices. It's important to understand that food choices haven't really been a thing in history. Essentially, the way the world worked was, you ate what you could find. Now, it's more like you request what you want. That is absolutely incredible. Our food supply chain is truly a marvel. Anyway, industrial farming isn't always a good thing. There are issues for plant life like GMOs and diminished varieties. There are health issues that are associated with our industrial farming practices. When it comes to greenhouse gases, the issue has two elements. The first is land availability. We don't have enough usable land to meet the growing demand for crops. When there is a need for more open farmland, we cut down trees. This is deforestation, a topic we'll circle back to. The other issue is what happens to the soil when we grow crops. Acre after acre of farmland growing identical crops is hard on the soil and land. It often saps the nutrients and natural balance of the region, among other problems. This prevents carbon absorption and emits greenhouse gases. Another source of pollution is when farmers use fertilizer. The act of planting and fertilizing crops tends to emit CO2 from the soil. This isn't necessarily the case everywhere, but it becomes more of a problem with industrial farms. The solution to agriculture is in part producing things locally. Smaller, locally grown food organizations are definitely a good choice when it comes to preventing climate change. But the real solution is in our farming methods. There are methods of land and crop management that could be enacted that focus more on absorbing more carbon than they put out. Just by adjusting the methods of farm production and land management, we could have a farming system that improves the climate instead of damaging it. In his book, Eric Toismier describes in great detail how crops sequester carbon in the soil and in their biomass, essentially making farming either carbon-neutral or even carbon-absorbing, i.e. carbon-negative. The book is called The Carbon Farming Solution by Eric Toismier. Livestock also has the pesky land-use issue. 
When the demand for livestock, particularly beef, goes up, we cut down trees to provide more grassland. This is also deforestation. Cows have an added problem of methane emissions. They fart and belch while grazing. This doesn't seem to be such a bad thing, except when it's all added up. Unfortunately, we raise so much livestock, it turns out cows are the source of an enormous amount of greenhouse gases. And again, unfortunately, there is no solution for the methane emitted by cows. We can't change their diet or capture their gases in any foreseeable way. The only option is to lower the demand for beef. That means eating less steak, less hamburger helper, less cow. Much like the demand for oil, if we lower the demand for beef, then there will be less livestock and less cattle farming, i.e. less emissions. Or, we could use the cattle to transform desert climates into jungle paradises. There is a great TED Talk by Alan Savory, who describes how using grazing livestock to mimic wildlife can transform deserts and battle desertification. Desertification is when a green, lush field turns dry and deserty. We can reverse that process. This, hypothetically, could transform deserts into carbon absorption systems that offset the methane cows emit. Some very interesting work by Alan Savory. Okay, so we've removed the farming issue with management practices and land use, and we've put cows to work on desert transformation. The only issue left is deforestation. This really is a problem in our modern world. If you've watched the Netflix show, Our Planet, you'll know about palm oil and how it's affecting rainforests. Trees are the best form of carbon capture. So what can we do about deforestation? Well, the reason for deforestation occurs, the reason people cut down trees, is to use the land for something else most often cattle, farming, or to simply use the wood. What's devastating is how long it takes for trees and forests to grow back. It's a long process. The best way to preserve trees and rainforests is through government action, like national preservation sites and wildlife preserves. This is the only way to keep industry from over-industrializing our natural resources. We as a global society need to stop cutting down trees and rainforests in the name of progress. If we solve for cattle and farming and promote national preservation in all countries, then we will solve for the last 24% of global greenhouse emissions. We can strike a balance with industrializing the world and leaving the forests alone. This is the call of the environmentalist, to proceed in these avenues and opportunities to change the world's systems and renew our global focus. So that's it. Did we solve climate change for good? I'm afraid not. 
there is still more to talk about. Next week, we'll discuss oceans. They really are the silent issue no one's talking about. Until then, it's been an honor speaking with you. This is Elliot Holland, Solving for X. Thank you.